the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. What is darkness? What does it mean to walk in darkness? What does it mean to see a great light? What is light? Without context, it's just a beautiful, poetic line, isn't it? You could make it mean almost anything. Today, when we exclaim, he has seen the light, or she has seen the light, what do we mean? We mean that a person has discovered a truth, or had a realization, or come to understand something that they never had understood before. It can be almost about anything. Is any of that what Isaiah meant to convey? Is he simply prophesying that there'll be a eureka moment for everybody? Is that what he's talking about? Was Isaiah indicating that a people who had been ignorant will be educated? Was he proclaiming that those who had been fools would become wise? Was he promising that those who are out of ideas will suddenly have inspiration and invent things? If left without a context, who could say? But thankfully, this phrase did not simply drop out of the heavens, and it's not simply an inspired line that came out of the pen of a poet. This phrase was spoken by a prophet of the ancient people of Israel, and this prophet purported to have spoken these words on behalf of God, the one true God of all creation. And this phrase was part of a larger proclamation both in its immediate context and in the larger context of the Christian Bible. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. The meaning of that phrase begins in the story of creation. Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 record the beginnings of creation in the following way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless and desolate emptiness, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning one day. This has perplexed scientifically-minded people forever because we know if we read this story that the sun is not created until day four and there's no planets or anything like that until at least day three. So how can there be light when there is no source of light? And we might say, well, God is light. Sure, then why would he have to create it if he is light? It's been perplexing to people for a very long time. but we have to understand what light means in the scriptures. According to Genesis, God did not create darkness. Do you notice that? He didn't say, let there be darkness. The darkness was already there. He created light and he separated it from the darkness. The darkness is nothing. It's chaos. Darkness is natural. It's effortless. It's lifeless. What does it mean to walk in darkness? To walk in darkness is to walk in ways that lead back to the way things were before God spoke. So a path of darkness is a path that leads back to the chaos, back to the lifelessness, back to the way everything was on that day that God was hovering over the waters and everything was dark. 
to put it in Jesus' words. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many find it. Well, then what is light? Light is a consequence of God's speaking. Then God said, then God said, it's first words of God. And what happened in response to the first words of God? There was light. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Why was there light? Because he had spoken. Well, what did it look like? It sounded like words. Let there be light, and there was light. In the scriptures, the light is anything God speaks. It's the word of God. In the context of creation, all that was to be created began in darkness. And it all saw a great light on the day God first spoke into that darkness. So in some ways, Isaiah has simply spoken of the past. He might as well have said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And that was everything at the beginning. But to say that is not to say quite enough, because there's a nearer context to consider. Was Isaiah speaking of darkness generally? Or was there a particular aspect of the darkness that was in his mind? And to explore those questions, we have to look a bit earlier in Isaiah's prophetic oracle. So we started reading today in Isaiah chapter 9. But if we go back just the verses just prior to that into chapter 8, we find that Isaiah already has in mind what he means by walking in darkness and what he means by seeing a great light. So these are just a few verses earlier in Isaiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 9. Be broken, you peoples, and be shattered. And listen, all remote places of the earth, get ready, yet be shattered. Do you see creation, God hovering over the waters, everything is darkness, he's about to speak and you can hear it. Be broken, be shattered, listen, remote places of the earth, get ready to be shattered, get ready, yet be shattered. State a proposal, but it will not stand, for God is with us, and then God speaks. For so the Lord spoke to me with mighty power and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people saying you are not to say it's a conspiracy regarding everything that this people call a conspiracy, and you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of armies whom you are to regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread. Then he will become a sanctuary. But to both houses of Israel he will be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem." Many will stumble over them. Then they will fall and be broken. They will be snared and caught. Bind up the testimony. The testimony are the scriptures, the testimony of the prophets. Seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait eagerly for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. When they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, should a people not consult their God? Should they consult the dead in behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, might as well say, to the Bible. If they don't speak in accordance with this word, it's because they have no dawn. 
They will pass through the land dejected and hungry, and it will turn out that when they are hungry, they'll become enraged and curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. This is who Isaiah is talking to. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. To walk in darkness is to walk on the road that leads back to what was before God created. And yet for Isaiah, the road that Israel was walking at that time, though it was headed in that direction, it had a particular flavor to it. They were panicked and by perceived conspiracies. They were panicked by the idea that there were conspiracies. They were experiencing the hiddenness of God. God wasn't speaking, not overtly. He seemed to be, have departed Israel. They were experiencing that. They were consulting mediums and spiritists. They were cursing both the government and God, and they were terrified of nature. This is what Isaiah meant by walking in darkness. And into that darkness, God spoke words. He revealed that their fascination with conspiracy theories was due to their lack of fear of God. It was a sign of faithlessness that they were afraid. He said this to them, You're not to say it's a conspiracy regarding everything that this people call a conspiracy, and you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of armies whom you are to regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread. And if you do that, then he will become a sanctuary. Perhaps there are conspiracies. I don't know what was going on in Israel at the time, do you? Maybe there are even grand conspiracies, but those things are of no concern to those who fear God and trust Him. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. God revealed to them that the desperation that was leading them to consult spiritists and mediums was due to impatience and fear. They were so afraid of the future and so desperate for encouragement that they paid people to prophesy for them. They went to those who claimed they could commune with spirits. They went to those who claimed they could communicate with the dead. And they went to those who claimed they could foretell the future. And they did this because they would not wait for God to speak in his own time. They were looking to force his hand. They were walking in darkness. And so, Isaiah again, when they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, should a people not consult their God? Should they consult the dead in behalf of the living? And God spoke light into that darkness of fear and impatience with these words. Bind up the testimony. These are the words of the prophets. Seal the law. These are the books of Moses among my disciples. And Isaiah says, I will not go to spiritists and mediums and look for people to prognosticate the future. I'll wait for the Lord, who's hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait eagerly for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. Verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, to the scriptures, if they, these people you're consulting, do not speak in accordance with this word, it is because they have no dawn. 
They are in the dark. They have no light. And God revealed to them that this road of darkness, if they continued to walk in it, if they feared conspiracies and government powers, if they feared nature and hunger and all the things that they were afraid, God revealed that that road would lead and result in increasing hunger, in increasing fear of the world in which they lived. Again, they were walking in darkness. And so Isaiah says, this is how this road looks. Then they will pass through the land dejected and hungry, and it will turn out that when they're hungry, they'll become enraged and curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they'll look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. You notice these are a people looking to the authorities to save them and then cursing them when they don't, and then looking to the earth to rescue them, and all they see is travesty. And they'll be driven away into darkness. It's into the midst of such a people that God promised to reveal a great light. And these are the words that we shared today from our scripture reading. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he will make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. This is the far north of Israel. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You will multiply the nation. You will increase their joy. They will rejoice in your presence as with the joy of harvest, as people rejoice when they divide the spoils. As God had spoken light into the darkness at the very beginning, Isaiah prophesied that those who were walking on the wide road that leads back to destruction would hear God speaking again, and they would see a great light. And the Gospel of Matthew reveals that this prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning in verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee, the very place Isaiah was talking about. And leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, the very place Isaiah had spoken of hundreds of years earlier. This happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet would be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light has dawned. Well, what is the light? Here it is, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the light. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Repent, says Jesus. God said, let there be light at the very beginning when he spoke into the darkness. That same God came to our darkness, and instead of saying, let there be light, he said something that means exactly the same thing. Repent, turn around. The way in which you're walking leads back to destruction, back to the darkness, back to what was before God created. To those who believe that their fate and their future depends on the machinations of the powerful and the secret deals of principalities and powers, repent, turn around. To those who spend their energy on uncovering conspiracies and their fear on those who spin them, repent, that is not the way to life. It leads to darkness. And so he says through Isaiah, you're not to fear what they fear 
or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of armies whom you are to regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread, and then he shall become a sanctuary, a place of safety, a place of peace. To those who are so desperate for a word about the future that they would travel any distance, they would pay any amount to anyone who would claim to see or hear from spirits or hear from the dead or understand nature or maybe even hear from God himself, repent. That is not the way to life. Instead, verse 16 of Isaiah 8, bind up the testimony, the prophets, Seal up the law, the books of Moses, the scriptures among my disciples. And I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait eagerly for him. He's saying, wait for God to speak however long it takes. Even if all the decades of your life are silenced, do not pay someone to speak to God for you. Wait for him to speak. Bind up the law and the testimony. Read the scriptures. Listen to what he has said and wait for him to speak again. Do not rush it. Do not push it. Do not pay for it. Wait to the law, verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, to the scriptures. And if anyone speaks to you, if they do not speak in accordance with this word, it's because they have no light. They have no dawn. And to those who fear hunger, who rage against authority, who keep their eyes fixed on the perils of nature, who are terrified of the next storm, repent. That is not the way to life. In fact, for those who walk that road, Isaiah says this, they'll pass through the land dejected and hungry, and it will turn out that when they're hungry, they'll become enraged and curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they'll look to the earth and behold the stress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they'll be driven away into darkness. Into this darkness, the Lord has spoken light. These are the words of Jesus. The light God has spoken into the darkness. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of armies whom you are to regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread, and then he will become for you a sanctuary. We must learn to say with the psalmist, this is Psalm 2, a great psalm. It summarizes everything we've been saying. I invite you to read it with me if you can see the screen. Let's say this together. Why are the nations restless? and the peoples plotting in vain. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, but as for me... I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have fathered you. Ask it of me, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now then, you kings, use insight. Let yourselves be instructed. 
you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son that he not be angry and you perish on the way, for his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. In to those walking in darkness, God has promised they would see a great light. In the words of Jesus, Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it fell and its collapse was great. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. And what is that light? We've been saying it all morning, haven't we? Haven't we? The light was not a what, but a who. Gospel according to John puts it this way. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning God said, let there be light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of humankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And when the light of God, the word of God, entered the world, just as God spoke light into darkness and creation, when he entered the world, what did he say? What was the grand revelation that was to set all the earth on fire? What was the great truth that was going to call lifelessness out so that life could be? What would he say? Were we waiting with bated breath? This is what messed Israel up. They had a lot of things they thought he would say. Like, come, inherit the kingdom. I've got gold over here. There's a big city over here. You get a mansion. Like, that's what they thought he would say. But what did he say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn away from governments, from forecasters of the future, and from fear of nature. Those fears lead to death. Turn around. Live in fear of God and place your trust in Him. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you as well. And then you shall live. God has once again separated light from darkness in the example and teachings of Jesus. In Jesus, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus was incarnated in the womb of Mary. And then he taught us, and by his teachings, he separated light from darkness. All who would follow his teachings walk in the light. All others walk in darkness. May all who seek life follow him. All other roads lead back to the way things were before God spoke. May that never be our road. Never. Amen.